Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, here we go. In case you're not aware, we produce four daily podcasts every week. That means a new show every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you might be wondering why you don't see that Friday show on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and all the rest. Well, that's because our Friday After Party podcast, with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics, is only available through our Patreon page. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party podcast for just $10 per month. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show, people like Eric Bowler, Randy Rhodes, Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Frank Conniff, and Tom Nichols. And of course, this coming up Wednesday, Bradley Moss, whose firm is representing the whistleblower. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It's the CNN Town Hall Equality in America with Anderson Cooper. Good evening. I'm Anderson Cooper. To help us announce the candidates, it's Billy Porter from Post. It's Vice President Biden, yo! Hi, Anderson. Good to see you. I'm glad we're doing this. The vast majority of people in America are not homophobic. They're just scared of gay people. Uh, hi, Mr. Vice President. Oh, look at you. <laughs> if I told you you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Sure. Mr. Vice President, how can you defend your past support of Don't Ask, Don't Tell? I'm glad you asked that question, and let me answer by telling you a false memory. Uh, <laughs> now, the year was 19... <laughs> 26, and I was in downtown Dover with my father, and we see two well-dressed men. Very well-dressed men. You know what I mean by well-dressed, right? <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> who's nervous about this story? Show of hands. We're all nervous, Joe. And I'll keep going. And these men turn the corner and kiss. And I turn to my daddy and I say, what the huh? And he said, baby, they were born this way. And that was Delaware 19 clickety clack. <laughs> okay, Joe, thank you for being here. Bob Seska. Bob. Bob. 
I love Woody Harrelson so much. And that Oscar the Grouch thing, holy oh shit, was God. that so good. From the nation's capital, it is Tuesday, Rocktober 15, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest damn soap in the universe. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 999 of the Trump crisis. 999! Yeah, that's exactly right. 999. We're almost to 1,000 days with this goddamn crisis. Day 21 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, 385 days until the 2020 presidential election. And uh, Buzz Burbank is not here with all of his insights and dad jokes. Uh, He's... Little teeny tiny uh, medical emergency with Buzz's wife. You know, everything's fine. I'm told everything's great. You can check in with Buzz if you want on his Facebook page, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But meanwhile, oh, is it Friday already? Hello, Johnson. Pursuing the agenda of manicide, here's Kimberly. Hi, it's Kimberly. Hello. Sorry for all those who are expecting Buzz, but I'm here for I'm here instead. Skiverly A. Johnson from the Start Me Up podcast, patreon.com slash start me up. You just uh, p- posted a new article, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah it's basically, you know, and it, it, I'll just be real brief, but uh, yesterday I had posted something about um, women, the price of women's haircuts, and a lot of men felt the need to weigh in about those and oh, bras, right, right. The co- you know, and they're giving us a lot of advice, and so women are pissed, and this one guy on my Facebook page got upset. I, I He said he messaged me and he said he deleted a comment um, because I guess he felt pounced on oh. by, by women which I didn't oh, see the exchange so well I so mean sad. I didn't see the exchange I don't know what happened and I told him I'm like look women are on edge right now yeah. that doesn't give them the right to treat people like shit but you've got to realize we're kind of freaked out and so I just wrote about all the reasons why we're freaked out everyone's freaked out but especially people who are most victimized yeah. by Donald Trump and this entire regime I mean yeah. that makes perfect sense in fact there was a caller the other morning on the Stephanie Miller show uh, who is just terrified and uh, Chris Lavoie yeah. had some great advice you turn that terror into votes right. and I thought that was perfect that was a great way to go also uh, just a little shot of uh, enthusiasm shot of energy as we uh, move along here. And of course, there's a, a debate tonight, which is going to scramble everything and <laughs> potentially change the news cycle. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got my fingers crossed that there won't be any disasters yeah. <laughs> that will distract. Yeah, but Tulsi's going to be there, so you never know. Oh, fuck. Oh, really? Tulsi, who wasn't going to be there, but now she's going to mm. be there. Fuck him. Oh, wait. <laughs> Bobby, come on. It's Tulsi, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. Fuck him. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be so rude. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think what they really need to do tonight, I think they need to spend less time attacking each other and a lot more time attacking Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rick Wilson's been on a tear today. Just letting you know. Rick Wilson, uh, never Trumper. It's a, we all know Rick Wilson. He's been going bananas on Twitter, urging the Democrats to start laying into Donald Trump. And of course, I'm not unsympathetic to that. I, I kind of support that yeah. approach. I think they should really hammer him. I also believe in like the old Napoleon maxim where, you know, if your enemy is screwing itself over, let them keep going. I I think that works in some cases. I think this case, it couldn't hurt for the Democrats to uh, throw down a little bit and hit Trump on all these things. Mm-hmm. And and certainly they've got a lot of things to uh, to use. I just wish that they would do a better job framing mm-hmm. all of the Trump things. I'm not going to go on a big rant about this because I've done it many times before in the show. 
but I feel like they need to do a better job kind of emphasizing the main things with Donald Trump and then picking apart each of the sub things. I mean, well, I think, I think part of that argument goes to the fact that this is a primary. So I think they're going to be also focused. I mean, I, I agree with you that I think they need to go after Trump because when Kamala did it the last time, it was awesome. When she like looked at the camera and directly spoke to him, Mm -hmm. I do believe more. And you know, the other day Biden said he wasn't going to pardon Trump and Malcolm Nance is like, all the candidates need to take prime time yeah. and and say that. So I agree. I also hope that they uh, find time to discuss women and women's issues, considering we're more than half the country. Um, but I, you know, I think that I think that we're gonna. I I don't mind if if the Democratic candidates. I don't want to tack or mudsling, but we can expect that. Like for instance. For instance, Buttigieg has just said something along the lines of of um, Elizabeth Warren and her purity tests, or the fact that she's oh, taking God. grassroots money. Which she said, if she gets a, if she gets the nomination, she's of course going to take big money because she's mm. going to need it. Yeah. But um, but you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Buttigieg going after her, and and because she and Joe Biden right now are the top two, and so the other candidates have to kind of punch up, and they have to prove to everybody why they're better as long as it's not mudslinging as long as it's not nasty well the main thing is as long as it's not uh, attacks that Donald Trump can recycle yes, and use exactly, against the Democrats. That kind of thing. And then also, I mean, they're going to be up against so much harder and, and harsher attacks in the general. Mm-hmm. So I really don't mind. You know, in, in 2016, I took things very personally. And I I'm think not every, gonna, everyone did. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously, you feel it's personal because it's about your life and, and how things are going to, you know, what's going to happen. Whoever gets in into office, mm-hmm. it's going to affect our lives personally but i think that number one we all have to remember we're going to vote blue no matter who we're going to support the democratic nominee no matter who it is but in the meantime and i said this before and i'm going to keep saying it barack obama called hillary clinton annie oakley to point out her stance on guns and then he he appointed her as secretary of state yeah well the 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 2008 democratic primary not a good template for how we should proceed no but i'm just saying i'm just saying that you know they they did sling some mud Mm -hmm. but at the same time she became his secretary of state and so it's like yes there there's going to be some shit talk with the democratic candidates because they're trying to beat the you know they're trying to knock each other down yeah but you're right don't give trump uh all kinds of shit to bring up in the general they just can't be stupid about it i mean whatever they do tonight don't be stupid about it have everything prepared and ready to roll i mean obviously they're rehearsed but these attacks have to be concise Mm -hmm. and then they have to pivot to attacking donald trump right i mean because we know what's going to happen everyone's as you said everyone's going to be gunning for elizabeth warren because she's now the new front runner but But, uh, but and she's going to need to be able to defend herself i want to see that so it's not that i like that they're going after her but but I appreciate it because Trump is going to do it like 50 times harder mm-hmm. and that was Delaware 19 clickety clack <laughs> <laughs> let's do this god damn it as uh, Ukraine if you have any doubt it's gonna take him out Ukraine yes it is yes it goddamn will take him out don't forget this fact he's just a lying sack Ukraine <laughs> Okay, everyone's freaking out about this John Bolton story from the New York Times, uh, including me. 
Because why, why, what makes you freak out? Well, it's just exciting to see that yeah. John Bolton is suddenly know. A, and his, and his a crazy hero? mustache. Yeah, is, he's a hero in all of this? What's uh, going on? I'm not going to go Damn with it. hero, but at least, I mean, he's not as bad as he could have been. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I'll go. Well, Fiona Hill yesterday testified that John Bolton t- told her to notify the chief lawyer for the NSC about a rogue effort by Gordon Sondland, Rudy Giuliani, and Mick Mulvaney. <laughs> Jack of all trades, master of none, Mick Mulvaney. Or Mick of all trades, <laughs> master of none, Mick Mulvaney. Acting White House chief of staff, according to people familiar with testimony. I am not a part of whatever drug deal Sondland and Mulvaney are cooking up, Mr. Bolton, a <laughs> Yale-trained lawyer, told Miss Hill to tell White House lawyers, according to two people at the deposition. That's amazing. And we've already determined, right, that they're not actually cooking up a drug deal. <laughs> right? right? I mean, are we sure about that? Because <laughs> when I saw the word cook and then drug deal, I went... and <laughs> Im- like Breaking Bad. I went immediately to Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's exactly right. I went to... They're uh, like, where's Jesse? <laughs> Yeah, wearing the yellow uh, garb and the, fa- the <laughs> right, right. ventilators and, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani running around in his underwear in the <laughs> New Mexico desert. That, that's what I went to. And, and of course, you dovetail that with what we talked about last week with regard to Donald Trump and Sudafed. The fact that he's probably popping a lot of Sudafed, and that's yeah. where he gets these manic episodes at his <laughs> rallies and with his tweets and so on. That he just he pops that because that's like a. What do they call that? Like uh, over-the-counter meth, basically. I mean, they use Sudafed, the active ingredient in Sudafed, to uh, manufacture crystal meth. It's an amazing thing. And, you know, uh, credit where credit is due, it was Randy Rhodes. I couldn't place this. I interviewed so many people on the show, and I forgot who exactly it was on my show who said that uh, Donald Trump was using meth. And it was Randy Rhodes. Randy (laughs) Rhodes called it. And this was a while back. Yeah, I remember. That was a long... Long time ago, I mean, this is before I heard anything about the Sudafed in that drawer in the uh, taco bowl photo. <laughs> so there's, it's, it's so hilarious that it's that photo. Again, we go back to that, what was it, Cinco de Mayo in 2016, was it? Where Donald Trump took a picture of himself eating a taco bowl from his goddamn horrendous restaurant in the basement. And then uh, in the background, there's a drawer that's propped open. There's like 10 boxes of Sudafed in that drawer. Yeah. Why would someone need that much Sudafed in his office, within arm's reach of where he sits every day in Trump Tower? I don't know. You ask yourself that, but it could. Wow, well, it doesn't have anything to do with what uh, uh, John Bolton said. But we can always imagine that they're doing some sort of breaking bad maneuver in a giant RV somewhere in the desert. Uh, but I, obviously, this whole deal with Michael Bolton and I did, oh, I did it. I did it. That, I did it. I didn't mean to do that. That was uh, incorrect. It's John. John Bolton, of Michael course. Bolton. Yeah, so with John Bolton talking about uh, Sondland and Mulvaney. Now, again, we got to thank John Bolton and all this, and it's so bizarre because, make no mistake, John Bolton is a villain, mm-hmm. and he has been a villain yeah. for, oh, what, going on 19 years now? I mean, since the Bush years at least, and, and going back even before then. But when he first stepped onto the scene as uh, a nominee for U.N. ambassador who hated the U.N., <laughs> Such a bizarre fucking thing. But uh, it was not the first time, according to this New York Times piece, not the first time Bolton expressed grave concerns to Fiona Hill about the campaign being run by Mr. Giuliani. Quote, Giuliani is a hand grenade who's going to blow everybody up 
Miss <laughs> Hill quoted Mr. Bolton as saying during an wow. earlier conversation. Hey, how about this for your agenda of manicide? Huh. That two of the big time heroes, at least in the last couple of weeks, are women. Yes, I know. I know. And shout out to Justine on Twitter. I don't know if you saw... But she did this fantastic tweet that I retweeted and it kind of it, it just took off that these women are the ones that are freaking bad, like Hillary Clinton and, you know, she for the Benghazi hearing. But then these yeah. other two women who, who are the, what are their names? Maria Ivanovich. And then Fiona Hill. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> OK. Anyway, I, you know what I'm talking about. I so, think so. Uh, just well, I mean, I'm just saying that the, that the fact that they're like standing up and, and holding up better yes. than yeah. any of the men at the Trump administration. Right. After uh, Gordon Sondland lost his boner the other day and refused to turn up for the hearing for his deposition. I mean, I'm and then this tweet. and then Marie Ivanovich turns up and 11 hours of testimony, just bombshell stuff. Did you see yeah. De- uh, Congressman Denny Heck? was so moved by her testimony that he was almost moved to tears in remarks afterwards. And in fact, he, I think he did the same thing after Fiona Hill's testimony. And he said, you know what? The administration's complaining about uh, transparency and all of this. They better be glad that these hearings weren't public. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, it's yeah. so true. Let me just go back. So Justine, which is SF Bay Area girl on, on Twitter, yeah. says, what do these women have in common? Fiona Hill, uh, Maria Yovanovitch, and Hillary Clinton, they've all testified on average 10 hours each something Trump and his GOP are too scared to do. Women will save the, will yeah. save the US. So there you go. It, it, save the US, save us. So, you know. How about some music for the women? Yay. Good. There we go. <laughs> yeah, good job. Uh, this, is, uh, this is all happening so quickly. And one of the great things about the speed at which it's going, Donald Trump can't take the time. He can't keep up with right, it. Right, right. So as to smear the individual players now. Because he's still working on Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've already moved on to Marie Yovanovitch. Right, yeah. There's uh, uh, Fiona Hill. Uh, there's uh, all kinds of uh, testimony behind closed doors happening this week. And there's just no way. And one of the reasons, he was complaining this morning about how there's no transparency. This is the guy who's uh, blocking Congress from doing anything, from receiving any of his documents, suing Congress to keep them from seeing anything that he's doing. He's uh, exerting a blanket executive privilege across the board for most things, including uh, Fiona Hill's testimony. They tried to get away with that. And I love Fiona Hill's lawyer's response to that. It was just, it was so cutting. Obviously, you can't assert executive privilege in a criminal proceeding against the president. You just can't do it. And I was so glad that they said, hey, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Fuck you! Yeah, that was basically the sum of uh, Fiona Hill's lawyer's uh, response to the White House. And I think that that is going to, that turned on a faucet. That established a precedent that people aren't afraid of Donald Trump Mm -hmm. anymore. Right, thank God. And thank God for it. Well, unfortunately, lawmakers are. But you know what? Uh, Just a little side note. Did you see um, there was an article today? Why can't I remember anyone's name? Yeah. Um, Well, it was Delaware, 19 clickety-clack. 19 clickety-clack. Oh, here it is. Sam Donaldson. Yeah. He basically said that he thinks the Senate can convict if things keep going in this current direction. Yeah, I think uh, that is kind of a possibility. I don't know. I just I'm really well, yeah, cynical. You know what? It, I'm it really, really all depends that. on Mitch McConnell. Well, if Mitch McConnell decides to throw Donald under the bus, he'll rally the rest of the Senate. If he doesn't want to, 
then they won't. Yeah. Well, as I keep saying to anyone who will listen, including you, and I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry for going back to this trope all the time. But I don't think it's a trope. I think it's a, a realistic way to look at what's going to happen on the Senate side of all of this, because we're pretty much assured that the House is going to vote to impeach. Yeah. I think that is pretty much the conclusion that is going to happen on the House side. Mm -hmm. This is going to be basically the House's version of an indictment. Right now, they're in a grand jury investigation. That's the equivalent of what they're doing. Then they're going to vote in the full House as to whether or not to impeach Donald Trump on a series of impeachment articles. And then it's going to go to the Senate. And as I've said before, the real the votes to watch in the Senate, not necessarily the conviction vote, mm -hmm. but those procedural votes yeah. where Mitch McConnell is going to try and he may not have the votes to do it, but he's going to try to overrule some of the more fair rulings by presiding justice, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, who's going to preside over that trial. You know, <laughs> I love saying this. I love saying it. I love saying it. the trial of Donald Trump. <laughs> And so uh, what's going to happen is Mitch McConnell is going to try to overrule all that crap, and uh, he may not be able to do it. If the entire Democratic caucus sticks together, Mitch McConnell can only afford, and Donald Trump, for that matter, can only afford to lose three Republicans, any more than three yeah. Republicans, and all of Mitch McConnell's attempts <gasps> to wow. obstruct the trial will go down in flames. Also remember, and I think we're going to, we may get to that video during the free portion of the show. If we don't, we'll throw it over into the uh, post-mortem show. But regardless, remember in that video, uh, one of the victims of Donald Trump's shooting rampage mm. uh, was oh, yeah. uh, John McCain. Yeah. And while not a member of the Senate, still a former and highly revered yes. Republican in the United States Senate. Some would call him a lion of the Senate, mm -hmm. a giant of the Senate. <laughs> and also living senator from Utah, yes. Willard Mitt Romney. Yep. Is in that video being shot by Donald Trump. So you're saying that <laughs> if so, he loses more than three, he's toast. Yeah, that's right. But because then they how need many? A how many of them are up? Who, who, I because I remember hearing like on MSNBC, yeah. they were talking about uh, several. I don't know. I think it was like five of them who uh, aren't going to be running. And they basically oh, have yeah. no yeah. guts to give. Well, yeah, they're retiring, so they're not running again. Yeah. And so they have a little more impetus to be able to break ranks yeah. with the rest of the caucus. And that's really encouraging. And the more Donald Trump plays grab ass mm -hmm. in the Middle East to the tune of rapes and murders and bombings and the horrors that are going on, the horror show that's happening in Syria right now, thanks to his absolute and total incompetence and knee-jerk foreign policy decisions. As a consequence of that, he's going to lose a lot of Republicans. And it may not be in the context of the impeachment trial, but... It doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't help that he's ostracizing members of his own party, including the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, on uh, the issue of Syria and Kurdistan and so on. But regardless, so he can lose three votes. One of them, probably Mitt Romney. I mean, Mitt Romney's probably already going to caucus with Democrats on mm -hmm. some of those procedural votes. I think that... Here's hoping. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers. Mm -hmm. But don't get happy. Nothing is guaranteed. But I'm just gaming this out. There could be a possibility that Mitt Romney could bring another couple of Republicans along with him. And when he does, and it could be those Republicans who are already retiring. And when he does, that's it. That's game over. Then all kinds of evidence will be able to be admitted. Uh, Mitch McConnell's really going to have to figure out some sort of end around 
if it becomes clear that he doesn't have the votes mm-hmm. to overrule some of John yeah. Roberts' procedural uh, pronouncements and so on. I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't even know if pronouncements is what John Roberts will do. I'm assuming that as the judge in the trial that he will be able to say, okay, well, this evidence here is admissible. That witness is admissible. That thing is inadmissible. You can't bring that up. And then Mitch McConnell's going to have to say, whatever Mitch McConnell says. Okay, so meanwhile, um, Donald Trump thinks that uh, John Bolton is the leaker. This is one of the things I love most about this process, and that is the intense paranoia that Donald Trump must be experiencing oh, God, now. yeah. I mean, thinking, and God, I, I love the concept of whistleblowers emerging. I love the concept of leakers emerging in all of this. And it's mainly because it's got to drive Donald Trump nuts. This is probably why he's staying up at night, perhaps pouring through the classified uh, files, uh, the FBI files and so on of his own staff. Could it be this? Could it be Kellyanne? Could it be uh, Stephen? M- I don't think it's Stephen Miller, but uh, could it be John Bolton? Who is it? I don't know. Oh, fuck. Who's trying to screw me now? And I just love how this has got Donald Trump's ego, his insecurities, Mm -hmm. his sense of illegitimacy. I mean, because remember, one of the things that we heard early on is that Donald Trump was concerned that he would not be seen as a legitimate president. Despite all of his bravado and screeching and about how great he is. his large hands. His gigantic hands and awesome, luxurious hair. <laughs> But the Daily Beast reported on Tuesday that Trump's been floating Bolton as one of the administration insiders providing leak after leak to the media detailing officials' deep concern over Trump and Rudy Giuliani's attempt to get foreign governments to investigate Joe Biden. According to one of the Daily Beast's unnamed sources, Trump would make comments like, Oh, gee, I wonder who the source on that could be Hmm. to imply Bolton, whose relationship with the president had soured by the time he was ousted in September. Uh, He was leaking to the media out of spite toward his former boss. That's the that's the concept inside uh, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's worm ridden brain. And I just again, I just love him getting fucked over. Yeah. I mean, that's the big risk that he takes as an unmitigated bully Mm -hmm. is as a bully. As someone who tweets the way he tweets and presents those goddamn uh, crystal meth rallies the way he does, it it makes his downfall and all of the things that stack up against him even more delicious. It's like, again, I go back to a league of their own with remember the little boy Stillwell who was kind of a brat and he was standing by the dugout going, you're going to lose. Yes. You're gonna, and then Tom Hanks takes a baseball mitt and throws it at him, hits him squarely like Marsha with the football, hits him squarely in the face, knocks him out cold and he falls out of frame. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Hanks and everyone celebrates. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the joy that I get out of Donald Trump getting smacked in the face with a baseball mitt, just like uh, Stillwell in a league of their own. Yeah. Okay, speaking of <laughs> speaking of people who Donald Trump has to be looking at askance these days, even though, even though we know that Mike Pompeo is a big-time ass-kisser, no one, mm. no one is yeah. safe from Donald Trump's paranoia. Yeah. Donald Trump, let's make this clear. I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Donald Trump doesn't have allies 
mm-hmm. or friends right. or colleagues or people who are loyal to him. Donald Trump has only scapegoats. Yeah. I should say and few, accomplices, future scapegoats and accomplices. Yeah. But I mean, mostly the accomplices are also scapegoats. Right. So accomplices would be under the uh, the sub or the heading of of uh, scapegoats. So Donald Trump at some point is going to make Rudy Giuliani a scapegoat. Yeah. Donald Trump at some point will make Mike Pompeo a scapegoat. John Bolton is already going to be a scapegoat. <laughs> so, and I wouldn't be surprised, maybe even Junior and Gums Trump will be, uh, be scapegoats at some point. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how desperate he gets. By the way, did you, you heard the Eric Trump clip, right? From the other day. <laughs> yes. We had so much fun with this oh, with Jody. Oh, that's great. Eric Trump was on Hannity last week and his voice got really, really weird. Yeah, I wasn't even sure. I thought somebody did it, like <laughs> spoke over him. Someone dubbed it dubbed over. Dubbed it, thank you. Yeah, yeah this is the clip. They're, they're buying access. It is so clear. There's not an American you would think otherwise. <laughs> That's why That's why Donald just, doesn't really want to talk about him. It's like an Adam Sandler character. Yeah. It and he so blocked clear. me on Twitter, by the way. It is so clear. <laughs> But mommy, it is so clear. Mommy, daddy, it is so clear. Oh, it's so weird. Uh, But nevertheless, so Mike Pompeo uh, sat down for an interview with Nancy Ammons, another woman who is factoring into this thing in a very powerful way. And she sat down. She's uh, from WSMU. I think it's an NBC affiliate. She's a longtime investigative reporter there. It's uh, out of Nashville. And one of the things that struck me about this, in addition to Mike Pompeo's uh, behavior in all of this, where he's just refusing to answer and getting offended, but the way he does it is so, I don't know, like a brick wall. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, Before he answers every single response by Mike Pompeo, he makes this smacking noise. (laughs) And thanks to uh, one of our uh, top shelf Patreon subscribers, Carol King, for pointing out this funny smacking noise. And then you know who else picked up on it? It was Larry Charles from Seinfeld and Borat and uh, Larry Charles' Dangerous World of Comedy on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Larry Charles also picked up, but he did it where he's like zoomed way in on Pompeo's mouth every time he makes this smacking noise here's a little bit of this before we uh before we talk about plexiderm here in a second in mid-february you were in warsaw and so was rudy giuliani during your time there did you meet with giuliani <laughs> you know, there it is do you hear yes. talk about who i meet with i went to warsaw for a particular purpose it was an important mission uh, we brought together people all across the world to take down the world's largest state what is it mike pompeo live from his bathroom <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so echoey? That's strange. That's, the world's largest state sponsor of terror, the Islamic Republic of Iran. That's what I worked on on that mission. So you're not going to say whether you met with him? So when I was in Warsaw, <laughs> I had a singular focus. My focus was singularly on the work that we have done, effective work, to recover from what the Obama administration has done, which was to underwrite the world's largest state sponsor of terror. We've stopped that, and we're making real progress. It sounds like you're not going to say. We were working diligently to accomplish the mission to take down the terror regime that's inside the Islamic Republic of Iran. That's what I worked on. It was the only thing that I engaged in while I was there. Okay. 
Um, text messages so show that diplomats under your authority told the Ukrainians that a good relationship with President Trump was only possible <laughs> if they investigated his political opponent and theories about what happened in 2016. Were you aware that this was happening? You know, hey, again, oh you've got your facts God. wrong. Uh, sounds like you're working at least in part for the Democratic uh. National Committee when you phrase a predicate of a question in that way. It's unfortunate. It, it does a real disservice to the... I, I love it when these idiots work in words like predicate. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm so smart. I know words like predicate. Employees and the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Predicate. <laughs> I had to work in the lip smack in there. At the United <laughs> States Department of State. Our team was incredibly focused. We wanted a good relationship with Ukraine. We wanted it before the election uh, when Poroshenko was in charge, and we want it now with uh, Mr. Zelensky in charge. Lame. We have an important set of foreign policy real interests yeah. in Ukraine. The threat from Russia is real. And this administration, unlike the previous one, has taken those responsibilities very seriously. By augmenting the threat from Russia. <laughs> That's it, essentially. Yeah. I mean, when you withhold military aid yeah. in the face of a Russian invasion of that country, uh, you're doing Russia's work, right? And you're also investigating a conspiracy theory invented by Russia that exonerates Russia. So this is all immense bullshit. Part of that, an incredibly important part of that, is making sure that corruption is weeded out at every level inside of Ukraine. And our team, for the entire time I've been the Secretary of State, has been working on that project. Fuck him. Yeah, I think that smacking noise, mm -hmm. he's accustomed to doing that whenever Donald Trump's in the room. Except Mike Pompeo's face is buried in Donald Trump's ass <laughs> when he's doing it. Uh, so I guess, I guess he <laughs> demands this. Rocky Mountain Mike. Just as come and you're gonna go home. <laughs> Pompeo. Pompeo, Pompeo, Pompeo. <laughs> Just as come and you're gonna go home. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that ended before I thought it was going to end, but thank you, Rocky Mountain Mike. That is fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, we got to talk about Plexiderm here, and then we're going to come back and get into these uh, remarks. Uh, Chris Murphy had an observation coming out of today's hearings that was uh, amazing. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But you've tried Plexiderm, right? We yes. got our, our canister of Plexiderm here. We both fought over it, and then we each tried it. We wanted to do the test to see if it actually worked. And I was I was blown away. Yeah, me too. I know so many people are writing me going, Bob, does Plexiderm really work? I'm like, I, I tried it. Kimberly tried it. And we thought it was amazing. Mm -hmm. We couldn't believe what we saw after about 10 minutes. It was like we had this, we had gone through, gone to maybe like the most expensive plastic surgeon in L.A. Yeah. or something like that. And, it, you know, it gets rid of all those fine lines and wrinkles and the bags under your eyes. And we've all thought about that. Like, yeah. what do we do as we get older uh, without having to spend all kinds of money, go through the discomfort of uh, hor sometimes horrifying plastic surgery? I mean, sometimes I see those shows on the Discovery Channel and so on. And I go, <laughs> I can't believe people are actually doing it, but they're doing it. They don't have to. They don't have to go through all that trouble. It's because Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum, and it visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags, makes it completely unnecessary. And it does it in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it unless you tell them. And by the way, you can put it on under your makeup, too. So go to TriPlexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional 
additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off only if you use our promo code SEXYLIBERAL, two words, all caps. You can also do that by calling 1-800-685-1292, mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL in that format as well. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show. Yeah, this just in. Uh, it's not breaking news. It's the song. The song is just in. <laughs> this is, uh, oh man, the great John Carbonara shared this with me just the other day. And I love it so much. This is a song called Blame It on the Rain. I've got a link in the description. You can follow all of his work. Please support all of our independent musicians on this show by buying their music, visiting yeah. their website, liking, sharing them on Facebook, and so on. Uh, and it's all about them. It's not about me or this show. All you got to—you don't have to mention that you heard it on this show, although that'd be nice. Uh, just go ahead and do it because what we're trying to do here is not just to have something to play out of commercials. We're trying to get the word out that there's still amazing music that you're not going to hear on the radio. You're not going to see it on... Where are kids watching watching videos now? I don't watching know. YouTube? Well, what do I know? Maybe, yeah, maybe you see it on YouTube. Not <laughs> yeah, MTV. Yeah, maybe YouTube. Yeah. Not VH1. I, I can't remember the last time VH1 played a video. Nevertheless, you got to support these bands by uh, bookmarking their pages, by buying their music, and uh, we're all putting it together in convenient uh, countdown form at the end of every month with our indie music countdown as well. Now its own channel on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to submit, bobseska.com slash music if you are a musician and you want me to play your stuff on the show. So thank you for doing that. God, I love that song. It's John Carbonaro again, <laughs> Blame It on the Rain. And uh, so Chris Murphy tweeted this today regarding Fiona Hill's testimony. Congressman Chris Murphy uh, or is it, oh God, it's Senator Chris Murphy, isn't it? <laughs> Shit. Uh, Fiona Hill describes this scene. In a White House meeting, Sondland tells Ukrainians they will get a Trump meeting if they open investigations Trump wants. Then Sondland follows the Ukrainians out of the meeting to privately make clear that he's talking about Hunter Biden. <laughs> you know, it's really too bad for Donald Trump that Hunter Biden isn't running for president because you'd think he was. I mean, you'd think that Hunter Biden was right now the Democratic frontrunner leading in all the polls by 15 points over Donald Trump. But that's not happening. Yeah. Um, and what are the odds? What do you think? Like if Joe Biden drops out, what do you say? Donald Trump's going to be continuing to talk about Hunter Biden, even if yeah. Joe Biden's not even. Well, in the race. Yeah. And he'll do it so he can like try to taint the entire party. Yes. And, and no one likes it when Donald Trump taints things. No, we don't. Um, this was uh, related to Hunter Biden. Ronna McDaniel, you know, she's the uh, chairwoman of the, mm -hmm. the RNC. 
<laughs> this is so hilarious. Yeah, this I is just what she saw tweeted. her tweet. She said, let me get this straight. Yeah. Hunter Biden got $50,000 a month from it. Oh, I thought Donald Trump said it was $180,000 a month. <laughs> Do, you mean Donald Trump lies? Yes, he does. <laughs> $50,000 a month from Ukrainian energy company, despite having zero experience in energy. His justification that he was also on the board of Amtrak, more obvious nepotism. If that's not the swamp, I don't know what is. Well, you know what? Given that Ronna McDaniels... Hi, swampy swamp, swamp monster, Romney. <laughs> what? What did you just call it? Swampy swamp, swamp monster? <laughs> yes. That might be the title of the show today. Thank you very much. Um, Ronna McDaniels is related to Mitt Romney, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't she yeah, his, niece his niece or yeah. something like that? Well, I say... I say we pass a law. And we can maybe get Ronna McDaniel on board with this. Probably yeah. loop in... Uh, right. Eric Trump, it is so clear. <laughs> Maybe Donald Trump Jr., certainly Ivanka, Jared. I say we pass a law making it illegal for children or relatives of elected officials from taking corporate and political gigs. Yeah, let's totally do that. I wonder if she'll support that. Maybe we <laughs> should tweet. Maybe we should ask Donald Trump Jr. Take some time today to go to tweet uh, to Donald yeah. Trump Jr. today. Ask him if he'll support a law making it illegal for children or relatives of elected officials from taking corporate gigs. Political, political gigs, too. Yeah. And see what they say. And see how fast they ignore you. Yeah, the response will be something like this. Hamana, hamana, hamana. (laughs) What the huh? Yeah, what the huh? (laughs) And that was Delaware, 19 clickety clack. Can we just take a second to talk about how funny? Okay, but you know what? The Woody Harrelson clack, is. Yeah, we can. Yeah. The clickety clack is funny, but he said 1926. He wasn't <laughs> born, and he was born like in the 40s. <laughs> I know. He just lands on the made up. <laughs> you know, I'm going to relate. I a, think he's brilliant. He is so funny. God, as, I as just Joe Biden. that was. It was that, and then I gotta say, uh, Kate McKinnon. Well, no, no, no. Back to uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. The thing that I love about what he's doing is when that whole argument was going down about Joe uh, inappropriately touching people, people like me were not arguing that that disqualified him. Mm -hmm. We were just basically saying it shows that he's out of touch and he can't read the room. So in Saturday Night Live, they perfectly illustrated that by at an LGBT forum, he (laughs) asked the guy, if I say you have a beautiful body, can I hold it against you? And then like he's so proud of himself for going, well, look at you. And that's exactly what it is. It's he's not disqualifying, but it just exposes that the guy is out of touch when it comes to these kinds of social things. So I just feel vindicated by Saturday Night Live. Anyway, I don't know where this puts me as far as the Democratic field goes. Obviously, I have my favorites, but something about the Joe Biden things. They're just making me laugh. And I don't know if it's like gallows humor. Like, I feel like it's my subconscious is going, oh, well, Joe Biden's going down. It seems to be bleeding from the eye thing. Yes, that headline. I mean, it wasn't the the fact that Joe Biden got a burst capillary in his eye or whatever that was. Which is like nothing. It was just the headline in the context of Joe Biden. It's that Joe Biden's eyeball appears to fill with With blood. blood. Yeah was just endlessly funny to mm-hmm. me. And I don't know if I'm just a horrible, horrible person for finding yeah, that funny. Yeah, you kind of are. It's that's like what that's we talk- pretty much what it's all about. It's You're like a horrible, we- horrible person. Yeah, well, exactly. And <laughs> and that's no surprise, given that on our Friday after party, I'm always talking about how Marsha on the Brady Bunch, oh, right. when she cries, <laughs> it makes me laugh the laugh of all laughs. I don't know why I find it so funny, but when... Woody Harrelson does these, like, spins these Joe Biden yarns about corn pop and 
Delaware 19 clickety clack corn pop. Oh my god, I cannot. No, it's stop funny. Laughing. It's funny. And you know, yeah. I mean, I'm at the point right now in this election where of course I have my favorite Warren is my favorite, mm-hmm. but I don't give a shit who it is. Just go get go get him. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm I think that I think it's possible for Democrats to talk about the issues that Democrats care about as well as defeating Trump. I think that needs to be, you know, one of the main focuses, but I think we also need to talk to voters who mm-hmm. are frightened about, you know, making making ends meet. Yeah. Uh, we need to address that and healthcare and all of that and women's issues. Um, but, you know, I don't, I mean, I care who it is, but in the end, I really don't. I'm just going to vote for that nominee with such incredible enthusiasm, yeah. including Joe Biden. And I doubt that it's going to be um, Bernie Sanders, but if it's Bernie Sanders, incredible enthusiasm, even though I kind of can't stand him. You know how I would be 100% on board with Joe Biden hmm. if he announced tomorrow that his running mate, or maybe tonight at the debate, that his running mate is Corn Pop. <laughs> I want to see Biden Corn Pop 2020. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. You know why? And, and this is the only reason why. Because it would always make me laugh. Yeah. See, like, imagine the yard signs. Biden corn pop 2020. (laughs) (laughs) That is so goddamn funny. And it's just, you know, I I guess I'm just in that place right now with the Democratic field where I just feel like, all right, pick a person and let's go get Trump. Right, exactly. And that's how, I mean, I honestly, I want it to be Warren. And I think that she's got a really good shot. She's got, she has some obstacles to overcome. Yeah. But, you know, if she can pull it off, I think she's got a good shot and um, I would love to vote for her. But seriously, no matter who's the nominee, and I mean, right now it's it's her and Biden who are kind of like toe to toe. He's got Mm -hmm. uh, the African-American vote locked down right now. That could change. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, I mean, I know that they're saying that, you know, Buttigieg has got some numbers in Iowa. Everybody's looking at him. I can't see him getting the nomination. I mean, hey, if he gets it, I'm all in. But Mm. I just don't see it at this point. Maybe if we advised Elizabeth Warren on how to go after Donald Trump, (laughs) she we could arm her with us. Yeah, because we started doing I don't know, it's like a year ago we started doing angry Elizabeth Warren. Right. (laughs) Like, no, it was foul mouthed Elizabeth Warren. Well, gosh, golly, I think that that motherfucking pus bucket uppercut. (laughs) I know, know, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember some of the ones that I can't that I came up with. But Liz wins flawless victory. Yeah, I think so. If you don't vote for me, I'm going to cut off your balls and stick them down your throat. (laughs) <laughs> foul mouth Elizabeth Warren oh my god oh my god yeah let, let's just pick one eeny meeny miny mo yeah. we'll do musical well, no, chairs I mean, I, like I have my favorite yeah. but you know I'm, I, I was so emotionally attached in 2016 it, I took everything personally yeah. and it's like I, I look at the debates tonight and I again I don't mind if they're gonna as long as they're not nasty, I want them to kind of challenge each other because they're going to have to prove that they can handle Trump. And so I'm trying very hard not to get emotionally attached, even though I'm very attached to Warren. I mean, I I, I recognize that there's a chance that she's not going to be the nominee. And if that's the case, I'll have my little, you know, sad fest, but again, enthusiastically Supporting whoever it is. Well, they say in politics that we all find one sort of presidential level politician who we 
really become dedicated to yeah. in some way. And I feel like that my guy was Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe I'm too young to make this pronouncement, but I feel like ah, there's never going to be another for me there's never going to be another Obama. And I, you know what? Ultimately, I don't care if I'm too young to say that. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with taking a more observational, objective role when it comes to Democratic presidential nominees. I would much rather, quite frankly, and, and maybe I need to reflect this more in the content of the show, I would like to follow more state and local politicians, mm-hmm. maybe more uh, congressional-level politicians, and get behind some of them with more enthusiasm than focusing so much on the presidency, which I th- still think it's important obviously it's my area of concentration has been for many many years was in college and has been since then but i feel like maybe the democrats have focused too much on hitting the home run going for that big charismatic leader at the presidential level maybe we need to find hundreds of charismatic leaders at the state and local Mm -hmm. and maybe even congressional level as well so i feel charismatic and diverse yeah charismatic diverse throw everything in there but i mean at the same time picking leaders who will resonate yeah at those levels yeah. too, and that is so important. Was that was Mike Pompeo just in the room? <laughs> I think I thought I heard Mike Pompeo. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the other side, of course, we have a series of Batman villains. Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is one of the most. Uh, I don't know what you would say. <laughs> incredible, dubious awful, horrendous stories in American Mm -hmm. politics, in the history of American politics. I mean, yeah, he was a maniac before 9-11 to a certain extent, but at least he comported himself as a serious person Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. Then after 9-11, he became America's mayor, Mm -hmm. for God's sake. Basically, if he wanted it, he could have challenged George W. Bush for the presidency in 2004 in the primaries and actually probably come out on top. Uh, because he was just so popular at that point in time. Everyone, I remember after 9-11 quite distinctly, I made a movie about the aftermath of 9-11, for God's sake. I observed everywhere was people going, geez, I wish Rudy Giuliani was the president right now. And that was a fact. That Everyone yeah. was saying that, Democrat, Republican alike. We're yeah. all saying, oh, geez, I wish Rudy Giuliani was the president. Fast forward <laughs> to now. 18, 19 years, and Rudy Giuliani has just become just debased himself to the point where he's just nothing but like a low level mob enforcer, mm-hmm. like a mob fixer. Yeah. I mean, what a sad descent. Yeah, he's into, not the president's lawyer. He's the president's fixer. He's the president's fixer. Yeah. That's right. He's the guy. He's like the kid at recess when you kick the soccer ball into the pricker bush. He's the guy who has to go in after the soccer mm-hmm. ball and just get all cut up from the prickers. You know what I mean? He's that guy. He's the gopher. He's Donald Trump's body man, more or less. The only thing that separates Rudy Giuliani from an actual body man is Rudy doesn't have to carry Donald Trump's jacket, you know, on (laughs) Air Force One. But regard, I mean, Rudy Giuliani is like the danger boy. He's like, uh, you know, like the stuttering John to Howard Stern. (laughs) That's what he's become, gone from America's mayor presumptive presidential you nominee. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, to just being this hilarious, chaotic Batman villain. Yeah. Where, and, and then we find out that Donald Trump is not surrounded by only one Batman villain. He's surrounded by an entire cabal of Batman villains. By the way, that's not to insult Batman villains. <laughs> 
these people, I mean, between Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, oh my God, the, uh, too. the sausage king of Chicago, <laughs> Igor Fruman. I know it's Abe Froman. Don't at me. Um, Giuliani was paid $500,000 for work he did on behalf of a company that was co-founded by these two Ukrainian stooges, Parnas and Fruman. But I'm just picturing like uh, five years from now, 10 years from now, fourth graders having to do like little essays about mm -hmm. the Donald Trump presidency and having to remember the names Parnas and Fruman. <laughs> the things that I imagine and fantasize about. <laughs> uh, so he was paid by fraud guarantee. He took half a million dollars yeah. from Parnas's company called Fraud Guarantee. Fraud Guarantee. We guarantee you fraud or your money back. And then what was the other name of the other business? <sighs> I can't remember. It was just as bad. It was Axis Chemical. They sold fine Joker products. <laughs> Is That's that really the, what it was? Yes. It's totally no. That was that was from the Batman 1989 oh, okay, movie. Okay, okay. That was the Joker. <laughs> but the real one is something rave something, isn't it? Oh yeah. God damn it. I can't like remember. Rave Chaos or I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was it was another crazy name. Well, the only one you really need to know is Fraud Guarantee, because that just pretty much summarizes everything. In fact, that could be Donald Trump's campaign slogan for twenty twenty. <laughs> it's like it's it replaced Make America Great Again with Fraud Guarantee. Yeah. MAGA becomes FG. That's easy. Uh Fraud Guarantee approached Giuliani's management. A mafia rave. That's the a other one. Mafia rave. Yeah. Mafia rave and fraud guarantee. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine a rave that features all mafioso characters. Like, you know, with the visors yeah. and the pacifiers. Is that what they, they do that? Do they still do that at raves with the pacifiers? Has, maybe. Yeah, they. Pro I don't know. I haven't been to one since like the 90s. Well, because when you, <laughs> when you do ecstasy at a rave, your teeth clack together or something oh, like I that. Didn't, I didn't know. And then that was Delaware. I've 19, never done ecstasy. 19 clickety-clack. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I've never done ecstasy either, but I've, I've seen documentaries. <laughs> I've sat next to ecstasy users and I studied, <laughs> I studied them and learned from them. Giuliani said the money came in two payments made within weeks of each other, but he said he couldn't remember the dates. Well, of course not. He also said most of the work he did for Fraud Guarantee was completed in 2018, but he has been doing follow-up work for more than a year. Federal investigators are currently looking at Giuliani's business dealings with Parnas and Fruman. Did you see Trump trying to distance himself from Giuliani the other day? No, what did he say? Well, it was chopper talk. He was on his way to one of those oh, right, fucking okay. horrendous rallies last week where he did yeah. that where those Playboy thing, letters yeah. reenactments of uh, Page and Strzok. Yeah. Unbelievable. And by the way, for a guy who's going after Adam Schiff for paraphrasing, <laughs> saying that it's treason and impeachable, what is it when Donald Trump portrays two FBI agents, and by the way, they're still FBI agents, fucking each other in public? Mm -hmm. What do you call that? If that's not <laughs> some sort of performance art paraphrasing, right. I don't know what the fuck is. But anyway, so during Chopper Talk, Trump said something along the lines, I think it was Brian Karam or someone asked him, have you talked to Rudy Giuliani? Is Rudy Giuliani still your lawyer? And Trump almost said, I don't know who Rudy Giuliani is. <laughs> I mean, he was that close to denying that he even knew, like a Judas. Rudy who? Yeah, Rudy who? I don't know who that is. is I he think he used to get us coffee or something. Is he a Batman villain? <laughs> oh, my God. So it's just a matter of time before yeah. Rudy Giuliani becomes the latest scapegoat, well, and, the latest you know, patsy. It was in all somebody this. on Fox News, or I don't know if it was Fox. Somebody was interviewing him and said what his goal was, and he said to disrupt the world. Yes. Yay, that's fun. That pretty much summarizes the entire Trump presidency. Mm -hmm. 
that seems like that that's their motivation. Yeah. That's their entire goal. Well, and it's their and goal because that's what Putin it's wants. The, it's the Putin goal. Yeah, and absolutely. And all of our foreign adversaries. It's the Kremlin goal to scramble foreign alliances, to, or I mean uh, Western alliances, mm-hmm. to basically mix up the playing board and then Russia waltzes in in its economically decrepit state and is able to easily gobble up the remains of what's left. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the entire idea. And they're coming close. Uh, so far, they haven't been as successful as they could have been. Certainly, some of the European elections turned out yeah. badly. But the idea of disrupting the world, mm-hmm. if that is truly their singular motivation, this should be far more terrifying than, <laughs> than yeah, we're actually I mean, contemplating. I, I think that it's part of it. I think that it, you know, by disrupting the world... Putin gets to do whatever the fuck he wants to America. And that's the main goal. I think it's the main, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, you wonder why somebody like Giuliani would uh, go from America's, you know, favorite mayor or whatever his name was to what he's doing now. And (laughs) I think it's because he gets mixed up with people like Donald Trump, who's involved with the Russian mafia. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, the oligarchs want to take over. So it's kind of the idea of, well, I'll be with the, uh, billionaires Mm -hmm. safe while the rest of the world chokes. Mm -hmm. And I think that is part of it, that he just wants to be feeling like he's in the safe group. So he'll go and he'll do whatever Donald Trump, do whatever he wants him to, so he can stay safe. Well, I heard this on the Stephanie Miller show the other morning. Uh, Someone came up with a new acronym for MAGA, for the Uh M-A-G-A acronym. Make attorneys get attorneys. Yes, I saw that. I thought somewhere. that was and fucking that is, genius. Is, yes, genius, genius, genius. Yes, I there's saw so much that. genius. Almost as genius as that Oscar the Grouch sketch yeah, oh from God, Saturday Night Live, that, which that once was again, so incredible, maybe the best thing SNL has done in 20 years. Yes, and the Ernie and Bert. Oh my God, yeah, with everything. Ernie, yeah. <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G news. Yes. There were so many little details like that. Yeah. Like, but Cookie Monster. Oh, God. Homeless, begging for cookies. And then, and then like, then, chewing them all fast. And then, yeah, go, gobbling them real, where the crumbs <laughs> go flying and everything. <laughs> that was so... Ju- it, was I, it makes so, me want to see that movie. So, so perfect. In fact, one of my Facebook followers, or one of my Facebook friends, I should say, uh, is an actor who was cast as Oscar the Grouch in that sketch. Really? And they must have, uh, when, by the way, David Harbour, perfectly oh, yes. cast. If they do that as a movie, David God, Harbour they got, they has have to. got to play Oscar the Grouch. And of course, it would be a comedy if they actually yes. did it. It would be a comedy. It would be a spoof of that kind of movie, right? Well, it would, it would be, it would it'd be the literal spoof of the Joker. Yeah. This was a, a trailer spoof, yeah. and they could do a movie spoof. Yeah. It was basically, for those of you who didn't see it, it was... Uh, a spoof of the trailer for Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and everything. Everyone's heard of that now. Uh, number one movie in America for the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, I love one of the reviews, too, the Variety Review. Oh, yeah. Did, did we really need a dark take on Oscar the Grouch? And the New York Times says, no. <laughs> it's so worth it. You should Google yeah. it if you haven't seen it because it is absolutely brilliant. As someone who used to produce a sketch comedy show, uh that is the perfect, that is maybe the perfect sketch. That is one of maybe a handful of 10 perfectly constructed sketches. I yeah. would say five of the it sketches. Was perfect. Five of the sketches on that list go to Mr. Show. Uh, the rest, probably a mixture of SNL, maybe Tony Atamanik in there a little bit too. Uh, but man, that Oscar the Grouch well, thing. Well, th- when it started, it's like these two trash guys. Yeah. And, 
you know, one of them says, this smells like ass. And then what's that guy's name? David. David Harbour. He was like, I don't know. I like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy calls him Oscar. And as soon as he called him Oscar and he's doing, I'm thinking, oh my God, I knew what they were going to yes. do. And it was so freaking great. And then the singing. Sunny Yeah, like that sinister, sinister Sesame Street song. Oh, man, so great. All right, we're going to take a short break here. Back with more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, welcome back to today's show. This is Rich Turgeon and a cover of Echo Smith's Cool Kids. We used this on the after party last Friday. Giving a free play here. My good friend Rich Turgeon is uh, hes just one of the most prolific recording artists that I know of. Seems like every day I'm looking at his Facebook page. Oh, he's recording again. He's got another project in the works. Well, this song is uh, from a, uh, an album of covers he did called Ten Covers. Link in the description. And uh, well worth listening to. I gotta say, this is better than the original. It's rare. It's rare to see that where there's a cover that's better than the original. But this is it. Okay, so we've got some breaking news. I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter, but uh, according to ABC News, Rudy Giuliani is refusing to comply with the congressional subpoena. I'm completely shocked. Rudy tells... I'm sure uh, Rick Wilson's going to have something to say about that. Rudy told ABC News' John Santucci that his lawyer, who is no longer representing him, (laughs) make attorneys get attorneys, MAGA, has sent a letter to Congress informing them that he is not complying. Quote, if they enforce it, then we will see what happens. Yeah, good luck playing the Donald Trump game of we'll see what happens yeah. with that, Rudy. <laughs> God damn it. He's such a, a fucking maniac. Why is anyone keeping Rudy around? He's despicable. Yeah. <laughs> and and here's another question. Why has no one gone after Rudy Giuliani with a giant butterfly net? <laughs> yeah. And just captured him. Because at some point... He's going to start making like armpit fart noises on Fox News Channel or something like that. Then he's going to take his teeth out. I mean, he's just going to (laughs) go. He's just going to go like full like Banchini from Cuckoo's Nest Mm -hmm. at some point here on national television. And by the way, I didn't intend for that to sound like Dennis Miller. I don't know why (laughs) it suddenly became Dennis Miller. Like suddenly like Banchini from Cuckoo's Nest there. (laughs) Cuckoo. 
Oh, yeah. You know what else I wanted to talk about, too, is uh, the confirmation that we got over the weekend that 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 gap in the text messages mm-hmm. between Bill Taylor mm-hmm. oh, right. and Gordon Sondland, it was a, there was a five hour gap between the time Bill Taylor went, Hey, you know, this Ukraine quid pro quo thing is crazy talk. Why, I can't even believe we're doing this. And then there was a five hour gap before Bill Sondland said, maybe we shouldn't put this in writing. <laughs> maybe. Oh no, no, no quid pro quo. No quid pro quo. Yeah. Well, we found out, what is going on outside? Is there Crazy a helicopter day. attacking I think, us I think or something? It's Rudy Giuliani. It's Rudy Giuliani and his jetpack. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah, laughing he's maniacally. He's hovering right outside the window, but we can't see because the blinds are closed. Listen for the sound of armpit fart noises. <laughs> That'll be him. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, Gordon Sondland. So, in that gap in the text messages, we found out that in that time, Sondland spoke to Donald Trump and Donald Trump gave him those marching orders. Don't say anything shh about the quid pro quo. And by the way, stop putting all of this in writing, you idiots. Perfect, perfect mafia Don thing. How many scenes of Tony Soprano did we see on mm-hmm. The Sopranos where he's yelling at someone for using a regular yeah. telephone instead of running to a payphone? It's so funny to see the most incompetent villains. What, what did John Oliver call? What is John Oliver calling this now? Stupid Watergate 2, the stupidest Watergate? Yeah. <laughs> Of course he is, because that's what it is. These aren't very bright guys and things got out of hand. That's Mm -hmm. the Watergate Mm -hmm. line, right? That's the deep throat line. Meanwhile, more whistleblowers have come forward to speak with House Democrats uh, impeachment inquiry. Two congressional sources say these. By the way, the the proceeding now has has been uh, ongoing long enough that I've been able to figure out how to pronounce inquiry and not stumble over it. So that's always good news. I can actually say impeachment inquiry now without going, (laughs) so uh, two congressional sources say these new whistleblowers were emboldened by the actions of the original intelligence community whistleblower who raised concerns about Trump's dealings regarding Ukraine. And once again, this uh, this is the damn bursting here. And I think the Fiona Hill testimony, as I was saying before, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The approach that her lawyers are taking, I think that's going to be duplicated by every legal team of every witness who steps forward now. And by the way, I think this is hilarious. Tr- Donald Trump's new thing. And I think Ronna McDaniel also joining him on this front. Certainly Fox News Channel. Jim Jordan, mm-hmm. for example. You know, <laughs> E.T. before he was revived. Jim Jordan. Uh, whining about how this process is not transparent. How Donald Trump wants to be able to cross-examine witnesses and everything well that's not how it no works. he's such an idiot this is a basically the same as a grand jury investigation you don't get to cross-examine witnesses during a grand jury investigation this is a one-sided thing until you get to a fucking trial then you can cross-examine everyone you want you fucking idiot but they know this but what they're doing is they're taking advantage of the naivete of their supporters it's like what was that lara trump was on television today uh, basically behaving as if her supporters, Trump's supporters, are morons. Mm-hmm. Say uh, something along the lines of, "Well, no one knows who the Kurds are. Regular people <laughs> don't know who the Kurds are, so no one cares about what's happening in Syria." Oh my God! This is a perfect argument. Our support, our MAGA fanboys, are too dumb to yes. know things. That's our defense mm-hmm. in all of this. Hey, don't worry. Because our fan base is too stupid. It's the poorly educated. We love the poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Because they're so dumb, they don't know what we're. They don't care to know what we're doing in the Middle East by fucking everything up. 
the Syrian mess is uh, is getting worse by the mm-hmm. second. This is again, Donald Trump has this thing that he does where he hurls his food across the room, throws a big fit pitch. Like imagine like a toddler sitting in a high chair, picking up like a bowl of spaghetti and throwing it across the room. It smashes against the wall and spaghetti sauce and noodles go flying everywhere. And then he keeps doing it, throws his milk across the room until someone goes and starts to clean it up. And then as soon as someone cleans it up, Donald Trump takes credit for the clean room. Yeah. That's how this all goes. And his people... What a hero. He's doing so much for the country. You know, when he cleans up his own poop, it's so (laughs) great the way he cleans up his own mess. If if he hadn't been here, who would clean up Donald Trump's mess? Man, man, oh man. You know, I can completely see why people are tearing their hair out. Because all that, I didn't, you you wrote something today. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That was yesterday. That was yesterday you Mm -hmm. wrote that. Yeah, well, I mean, part of what inspired that was that fucking... um, video of Trump murdering his critics. Yeah. It, you know, I have to say that I know, well, no, I thought you did a show yesterday, so you didn't talk about it, but um, I, <laughs> I haven't that. added a Monday show yet. <laughs> um, to me, even though Trump didn't make that or retweet it or anything, uh, that's one of the most terrifying things I've seen during this administration, because obviously he approves of it and I'm sure he's seen it and I'm sure he's given it the thumbs up. But either way, um, it's it's basically it's just more justification to for his for the supporters to go out and, and you know, I mean, oh, God, what was the what was the thing that got that that one MAGA guy to send um whatever he sent to like Hillary Clinton in the mail that, you know, that MAGA supporter who sent some kind of substance. I don't don't remember. Maybe it was was like a white powder. Yeah. Something like that. But anyway, but he, you know, he had nothing happened, thankfully, but he targeted all the people that Trump is always talking about. Yeah. And so obviously this video is everybody that Trump is always talking about. It's black lives matter. It's, you know, it's a lot of the press and then it's Barack Obama John McCain and I mean it was so awful and I was so you know a lot of what's happened is is shocking mm. and you get used to the shock but this was something that like kind of made my stomach hurt it was yeah. something that it freaked me out beyond what I'm used to seeing right right well again so that sinister. was that was the entire weekend watching yeah. the what was disintegrating in Syria Mm-hmm. And now, apparently, Donald Trump is going to uh, try to pass some sanctions here against yeah. Syria, who, by the way, a NATO ally. It's important to emphasize that every chance we get. Uh, but yeah, so these sanctions now, not going to unrape that politician, right. not going to unstone that woman. Right. And oh, God, not, not going, not going pictures to of dead children, not going to unmurder uh, all those children. Certainly not going to unshell, you know, the American special forces who are in the process of retreating in shame because of their idiot commander in chief. Yeah. Staggering. One more thing I want to talk about here before we wrap up the show, and that's that this AP piece that came out uh, the other day. Anatomy of the phone call now that's imperiling Trump's presidency. Little bits and pieces that uh, I found fascinating. For example, uh, while on the phone with foreign heads of state, Trump has handed the receiver to his daughter, Ivanka Trump, so she can talk with the leader, according to yeah. oh my God. their source here in this story. 
And of course, I said on Twitter, I said he's grooming her for something. And, you know, people had their own little jokey mm-hmm. speculations. But he's grooming her to be yeah, president. Of course. And this goes back. Remember that rumor. Remember the rumor. Yes, the rumor I going do. around. The rumor is very specifically that sometime in March, apparently, Donald Trump is going to step down mm-hmm. and not and decline to run for re-election. And then he's going to ask the uh, the delegates of the Republican convention to throw their support behind Ivanka Trump. Mm-hmm. And so he's grooming her to take on that role, right? And I don't think people should just, I mean, we don't know if that's going to happen. We'll find out if that's going to happen. But at the same time, don't discount it. Yeah. Because anything is possible at this point. Oh, yeah, certainly. And it may may not happen exactly like that. But we know that he's trying to develop Ivanka Trump as being the sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because he thinks in showbiz terms, right? Yeah. So he's looking at, okay, who's going to take up the next series? Well, it's got to be Ivanka. Ivanka's got to take the baton and run with it, the giant bloated orange baton, which is in the shape of a penis, a mushroom-shaped <laughs> penis. Uh, meanwhile, this AP story went on to say there was a six-page pre-brief with attachments that was once prepared for Donald Trump before a call to a foreign leader. Six pages. Uh, but that turned out to be too long, as did a single-page version. Mm-hmm. So the stable genius can't even handle one page mm-hmm. of notes. And people think he's read the Constitution. That's rich. That's what they used to yeah. say in the old days. In the uh, days. When Trump is done with note cards, he often rips them up and tosses them in a burn bag. Staff who handle records have had to retrieve the burn bags from the residence and tape them back together to preserve them as official presidential records. Unfucking believable. Yeah, and what's unbelievable about that is there are White House staffers who, who are willing, do it. willing to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like, wow, there's actually people who have a conscience who work there. Yeah, which leads me into ongoing speculation about who the uh, or the existence of leakers inside the White House, existence of Donald Trump staffers who are deliberately trying to sabotage him. Mm-hmm. And that is a little bit of confirmation of that. Yeah. The fact that they're going into the residence. They're not going into the Oval. They're not going into his private office. Mm -hmm. They're like going into his fucking bedroom (laughs) and rummaging through the burn bags. Yeah. Whatever those are. I'm only imagining what those might look like. I imagine they're just little trash cans. I don't know if uh, they're actual literal bags. I'm going to look it up. But they're rooting through that, probably finding all kinds of disgusting whatever's in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't even Imagine what's in like Donald Trump's garbage. <laughs> like lots of those uh, those wipes they use to wipe off makeup, and they just smell like ass. Well, they look like paper bags with Are they really? red are they... and white lines on them. Are you serious? Is yeah. that what they look I like? Know, if you just Google burn bag. Oh, I guess that's, I guess that's the case. But it's, it's just funny that he's in this habit of ripping things up and they just go in and get it. Yeah. So all that effort, you know, because he's like Mr. Burns. It takes a lot of strength to, for him to rip up a card. <laughs> eh. Eh. Oh, this is so hard. I can't do it. I don't. Eh. I can't rip this thing in half. It's just a card, sir. <laughs> it's so powerful. <laughs> okay. Who knew? <laughs> Thank you for uh, filling in for Buzz today. Sure. And, you know, I hope his wife gets well very soon. Yes, yes. I think every, the last I heard, everything is fine yeah, and dandy. I know, and, uh, we, met, we met them, and yeah. they're sweet people, so I hope everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, I just, you know. Well, you knew him. I'm saying I met them last year. Sending out hugs to both of the Elstons. Yes. My favorite Elstons. 
Uh, meanwhile, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com, the entire rundown is waiting for your ears. We'd like to be in your ears and inside your head. So please help us put ourselves into your ears. It's Jody Hamilton's From the Bunker Podcast. That's on there. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour. Randy Rhodes After Hours. Dino Badala's I Want to Be Your Muslim Friend. Sanity with John Fugel saying the final word with Frangela. You got Frangela booked on your show, right? Yes, November 6th. Who do you have coming up this week? I'm going to be talking to a woman uh, who's running uh, to be a judge. That's going to be an interesting interview. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. I, sh- I just, just a real quick thing. I did a story, a, a sad story, yeah. about white men who get away with rape. Mm-hmm. And one of the points that I make is we need more diversity and more women on the judiciary. So this woman judge is going to be on the show. So yeah. it'll be interesting. All right, make sure to tune in. Patreon.com slash start me up. Support all of your favorite shows. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you uh, tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, today's show has been brought to you in part by the Election Ride Home podcast. I want to tell you about a great podcast. It is called The Election Ride Home, convenient for you. Someone's going to challenge Donald Trump at the White House, and The Election Ride Home is a podcast dedicated to figuring out who that someone, or maybe even multiple someones, will end up being. Every day at 5 p.m. Eastern, veteran journalist and This American Life contributor Chris Higgins catches you up on what happened on the campaign trail. Who's up? Who's down? What issues are getting traction? What do the polls say, too? It's a 15 to 20 minute podcast that helps to keep track of all the latest and summarizes it so you don't have to be nervously refreshing your web browser a thousand times a day like I do. So if you want to catch up on what you missed on your way home, search your podcast app and subscribe to the Election Ride Home podcast, and we thank you for that. Hey, this is Jody Hamilton, host of the podcast From the Bunker. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show where every week Sean Barton, David Shockett, and I discuss politics, sports, pop culture, that show on HBO that I don't watch. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.